G'day, I'm Ian Swain, the owner of Swain Destinations, and welcome to another G'day with Ian Swain. Today we're joined by another legendary lady who just can't feed a, keep her feet on the ground. Louisa Patterson, or Choppy, as she is called by most people, has been flying high for most of her life, and mostly in helicopters. Choppy lives in Queenstown on the South Island of New Zealand, and her company, Over the Top Helicopters, is a leading heli company in New Zealand for tourism activities. I've flown with her and known her for over 30 years, and every flight is completely different, breathtaking, and educational. I'm very pleased to introduce you to Choppy. So, kia ora, Choppy. G'day, Ian, from Down Under, and got my aviators on in my office in Queenstown, New Zealand. I'll take them off so that we can say g'day properly. How are you? I'm doing well and it's great to see you and I appreciate the time you're going to spend with me this afternoon sharing your experiences with us. But firstly, let's talk a little bit about the background of how Over the Top came to be and the passion that you have for showing our clients and your passengers the unique beauty of New Zealand. When did you first fall in love with heli flying? I think that would have been in the 70s when I was learning to fly aeroplanes. My family is from a history of aviation. My father was a Spitfire pilot in World War II, and my uncle was uh, uh, president of the National Airways Corporation. So I started off flying airplanes to join the National Airline. Uh, but then I saw some helicopters sort of doing circuits in the area. So I decided to have a go, and that was it. That fifth dimension um, uh, completely caught me up in the slipstream of the dare, you could say. It's, um, it's a different sort of type of flying with a helicopter, but sort of like I can compare it to playing a musical instrument because you can, you can slow it up and you can increase the tempo and you can just basically fly it in a way that you would be like playing a piece of music. You can certainly play your instrument well. I mean, I love flying with you and I wouldn't fly with anybody else. How many passengers do you think you have taken over the years and what are just some of the handful of experiences, memorable ones that you've had, you know, perhaps some marriage proposals or special anniversaries or, or what has happened on some of the heli flights you've seen? Well, we've been operating over the top in Queenstown since 1986. So what's that, 34-odd years. And I think we've taken a sort of brief tally on that yesterday to get it up to date. It's over 60,000 clients that we've flown from Queenstown into Fiordland and into the adjoining area. It's just the, it's just the, um, the, you know, the places that we take them are amazing, but we have had some very special, special things happen and proposals, wedding anniversaries and remote places. I have this collection of wind up gramophones. And I remember years ago asking you about a particular client to see, you were saying to me, why do you want to know what their favorite song is? Well, it turned out that it was they were coming down for their um, 60th wedding anniversary, an older couple. And so on the wind up gramophone, we've put on their favorite 70, 78 and asked them to dance on the mountaintop. Well, they're like, how did you know that that was our favorite song? We we're like, well, that's this detail that Swain's go into to find things out, make your, your experience the most memorable for you. I think everywhere we land is... Uh, it feels like it's the first time we've been there. And as a helicopter pilot coming in to land at some of these remote spots, you know, everything's changing, whether it's the snowdrift or the wind or the ice on the lake or in the summer, 
that you know the different things that could be there so for us it's a unique experience as well to to be able to take people to these remote areas well some of those unique experiences that the traveler can have you know from glacier hikes to clifftop golf which is intriguing and i loved it when i did it myself but can you tell us more about the ultimate tee shot that you started well, we started off by firing eco golf balls off the cliff tops. And I remember when I was a little girl, my father had a calendar in his office that was sort of badly depicted photoshopped golf holes on famous places around the world. So we decided with a friend of mine from the golf warehouse that we would emulate that and turn, uh, turn, um, turn it into reality. So what we did is we built a golf course on a mountain, a par three golf course. It's got like four tee boxes. We call it over the top golf and it comes down to this massive green. It's incredible. Like you're putting at five and a half thousand feet and trying to get the ball into the hole. And then you, as you do when you're putting, and then you, you look up and you're surrounded by mountains and, and, and lakes. It's pretty beautiful. Oh. And it's a great place as well for, 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 for occasions to be able to go up and, after you've played golf at one of our many golf courses in this area, you can go up there and it's sort of a different twist on the 19th. I like also adding it for our clients where you take them on the heli flight and you go over Milford and you come back and do the ultimate tee shot. And, and that shot from the, one of those four tee boxes you have to the green is uh, pretty much impossible to land it on the green. But after you do that and then you take off and you fly down and land at one of the golf courses in Queenstown on the first tee, and get a real game of golf. So that's an incredible experience too. Also, often we combine your experience with the Dart River jet boat experience, as you know. Perhaps you can elaborate a little bit more on how that all works together and how exciting that day is. It's a great day out. So you're picked up from your hotel by an over-the-top VIP car and brought out to our departure lounge, safety briefed into one of our fabulous Eurocopters, and then off and over and above, you see Milford from above and you land on a glacier. And, and then we deliver you to the jet boat. So as we're coming in, you see the dark river and how it uh, branches out. And the pilot will explain to you the attributes of the, um, of the jet boat and how it can skim across four inches of water. You'll see it from above and then spiral down, land on the edge of the river. And then your jet boat driver comes over pass the baton of care to the jet boat driver and he'll take you on an amazing experience um, along the river and, and, um, and then back to Queenstown. So it's sort of a, an over the top and get in amongst it day. It's pretty good. That's amazing. I remember the first time you, you took me on that and we landed on the beach and uh, all of a sudden this jet boat comes careering in, does a, does a 360 in front of us on the beach and comes in to pick us up and, and take us off. It was a memorable, memorable day. Um, speaking of memorable days, our clients continually rate the Milford Ultimate Experience that you have as the most exciting highlight of their time in New Zealand. What's your favourite flight? I, I love the Milford Ultimate. I think that it encompasses everything that over the top um, is, is known for and everything that we're passionate about. So it's a four and a half to five hour time away. You're only in the helicopter for an hour and a half, but the longest leg is about 30 minutes. So you have this myriad of different landings, depending which direction you go. And, and then once again, it's pilot's discretion and the weather and all sorts of things that might decide 
which way we're going to go. I personally, I personally like to head up round the Earnslaw Burn Glacier and then up onto the glacier to land where the clients, when we shut down, so our specialty is shutting down. It's not so much the essence of being in the helicopter, it's where we're taking you and the, and the remote areas where you can enjoy the different things. So on the glacier, we shut down, you can actually hear the creaking of the glacier. Pilot will get a champagne bucket out of the boot of the chopper and your job then is to fill the, fill the ice bucket with glacial ice to make sure that your champagne's chilled at our, latter, at our yet to determined lunch spot. And from there, we lift off and we fly down over the rainforest, complete change of the tussock country that we've been flying over of the high country stations. And we go down over the rainforest and land on a remote beach. There's a couple of things that we can do here. We can either confiscate your shoes and say, if you keep the sea on your left and the land on your right and walk that way, you'll find us and we'll go and park a few beaches along. Or we can go up into the rainforest from the beach for after our beach walk up into the rainforest where you can see the amazing layers and the moss and the, like in Queenstown, we have less than a meter a year and over in Fjordland, they have eight to nine meters of rain a year. So an incredible change in the vegetation. So we get in and immerse that with a walk. We can also arrange to um, get some crayfish from there or if on the ultimate, or if it's the whitebait season, which runs from September to November, we can visit the whitebaiters and a little ingani, a little fish that they put into patties. So we collect a bit of produce. And from there, we'll fly along the coast and into Milford Sound. Milford Sound, you can't really see it from the sea because it goes off in a dog leg. And so we'll fly in there, um, talk about how it was first discovered and who discovered it and into Milford Sound, you'll see this towering, towering cliffs on each side. They rise up like Mitre Peak goes straight up out of the ocean floor about 5,000 feet. And they say the fjord is thousands of feet deep. It's incredible scenery with these waterfalls that just cascade vertically into the, into the, um, into the, into the fjord. And one of the stats that I like to say is the waterfall on the left there, believe it or not, is two point times higher than Niagara Falls. You get a thing called dwarfism because you're in this chasm of, uh, of rocks and mountains. And so you feel, you don't feel that they're as tall as they are. It's, it's quite an awesome experience. And then we can land at Milford as well. And you can go for a walk there and take some incredible photographs. From there, I like to lift off and then head, head sort of further south to Lake Quill, which is the, um, which is the largest or tallest lake in the, uh, the, the waterfall, Southern Falls in the Southern, in the Southern Hemisphere. So Lake Quill is at the top and then the Sutherland Falls come out. And we've got a couple of landing spots right at the top of the waterfall. So you sort of like skid in there with your skids in the ground around you and um, shut down there as well. Amazing, quite often we'll get visited there by the Kias, which is our New Zealand native parrot. They're like uh, very cheeky and very intelligent. Um, and if you put the picnic hamper out, they're quite likely to help themselves to anything that's on the hamper. They'll come right up and sort of collect and take food out of your hands, although you shouldn't really be feeding the wildlife. 
So then we have a lovely picnic up there. Oh, once again, we can get the wind-up gramophones on. We can cook the crayfish or some lamb chops on a little um, on a little river barbecue. White bait fritters. From there, take off again, and through the follow you from above, you can see the famous Milford Track, and more of the U-shaped, significant glacial-formed valleys. Then down we go, land on one of my other favourite spots called Lake Erskine, which is this incredible purple blue color and it's reflective so the water is so clear i get people to lie on their tummies and scoop the water into their mouth we always carry a few towels in the chopper as well so if you're brave enough to swim in an alpine lake and you don't go too close to the outlet which is obviously goes down a big waterfall then it's quite safe and exhilarating to to jump into the into the clear pristine two degrees lake water it's pretty special no, it's a special it's an amazing day and i've done it so many times with you and it's just been incredible and the people that flew with us just really enjoyed it but speaking of the glaciers i remember one of the first flights you took with you took me on you showed me one of the large glaciers in the fiordland national park and then some 15 years later you took me back and showed me how far it retreated I know you're involved in collecting data on the glacier movements. Can you elaborate on what has happened in just the last 30 years? Yeah, I certainly can. Like we've been flying here, as I've said, for, for over 30 years. And uh, the glaciers, when I first started flying, were, were spewing down over the edges and into, into, the, into the valleys. And they've receded back enormously. We started to um, put uh, marks there. So we've got a mark, 1986, where uh, white paint on the edge of the, of, the, of the rock, schist rock face of where the base of the snow was. And now it's probably, probably dropped about 200 feet in level of ice, and the, um, if not more. And the lakes have formed at the bottom. They've receded right back. And then huge hunks have come off on the rock face, and then the black just behind it then acts like with the sun on it acts like an electric blanket and is just uh, making this ice it's just uh, warming it and making it fall off rapidly rapidly diminishing ice whether that's um ice ice loss you know whether that's human intervention or the warming of the globe is the great debate but it's very significant that we are losing such a lot of this uh, glacial ice We'll keep a little bit of the ice there for next time I come down so we can cool that champagne down. No, we're not, we're not, hopefully we're not affecting it too much. <laughs> <laughs> New Zealand is a naturally stunning place with glaciers, fjords, volcanoes, and so many dramatic backdrops unlike anywhere else. What do you feel a heli experience delivers that a traveler would otherwise miss out on? It's just that being able to see something so compact. I mean, if I start by saying New Zealand is, is, is a long, narrow nation, a long, narrow country, and we have such diverse change from the West Coast to the East Coast, and we have four distinct seasons. And to be able to see it from above, to see the changing of the golden tussock country of the high country stations, through to the Southern Alps and the majestic mountains. 
through to the fjords that have carved the ice down, the, you know, the glaciers are carved down into the sea and then were backfilled by the ocean, the wild and remote west coast beaches, the places that we can land along the way of, of, in these areas that are normally inaccessible to man. It's, it's just that whole ability to be able to, to take our guests there to, you know, to, to fish for white bait or to gather crayfish, to deliver it back to your hotel, to chef for dinner. It's the, the experience of flying from above is something, um, and, and is something that, they, that people, if they didn't have it on their bucket list, as soon as they get back, they put it on the top of their bucket list and tick it off. You'd really say it's over the top, I suppose, couldn't you? You could say it's over the top, Ian. I remember you telling me about a newer experience where you have access to a high country mountain cottage you take guests to. Uh, I know I haven't been there yet, but um, how's that going? Well, I think you have been with me there years and years ago, when the days when we were operating Hughes 500. Um, but we've since purchased the smallest high country station in New Zealand, and uh, it's going really well. We're, we're putting up some um, really fabulous accommodation, glamping tents and some musterers' huts, and it's going to be the sort of place where you can pop into and stay the night, but you all sleep in one cabin. So mum and dad and the kids, they're all, and, and it's about the old, the old ways that we used to do it with the kids, you know, you'd go out and cook some marshmallows on the fire and um, some target shooting with the, with the, with the BB gun and some hiking. And uh, so there's going to be sort of a, a, those sorts of things out there. We've also got involved with a company in New Zealand called Trees That Count. And we've, we've measured our emission levels from our, from our Airbus engines. So now all of your flights with over the top are totally offset. So out at the High Country Station, we will have the ability for you to be able to plant your own native tree. And that will offset the flight that you've basically done with over the top. You can come back, you can send people back to visit your tree. So we're pretty excited about setting that up. We're, we're partnering with, um, with a New Zealand company called Trees That Count. And, and uh, now that we've got the land, there'll be ability for you to Plant your own swain tree. I have a swain grove down there eventually, and that's a great initiative. And I love hearing about that because it's something that we all should be f focusing on is, is making the planet better, but still enjoying it. I interviewed Tom from Blanket Bay, and you know Tom very well. And we spoke about how he combined the helicopter with your Milford Sound experience, and you transfer them, land them at the front lawn, and he has a glass of bubbly waiting for them. Where else can you transfer to? I suppose anywhere. Blanket Bay is particularly special because Tom does provide, well, uh, they all provide pretty good service, but Tom with the champagne is a special one. But the helicopters are a great way to see the whole of New Zealand. The Lindus Lodge, which is up at, um, on the way to Christchurch, and then there's all of the lodges that you can think about through New Zealand's lodge ability. We've got a wonderful product called Fly New Zealand, where you can actually be picked up at one end of the country and go to the lodges up there and then come hop your way down with a couple of nights at each lodge. And then while you're at the lodge, use the helicopter to access the fly fishing rivers in their area or a private hot pool in the Rotorua area. 
um, uh, you know, all of these different things at the nation golf courses, if you want to play golf all the way down. So it's something, uh, it's something pretty, pretty exciting to be able to do, to fly through New Zealand, lodge to lodge by helicopter. I think that's going to become more popular because it's um, people want to be have, have private experiences and flying from helicopter in a private helicopter with just a pilot uh, from A to B to C to D is going to be an incredible experience. I know that you've um, manufactured or invented a device called Eye in the Sky for helicopters. And I know that uh, it's going to come out very shortly with a different name. Perhaps you can just explain what that is. Um, over my um, years in aviation, it's, uh, it's become obvious to me that there's, there's, to increase the level of safety, one of the things that we need to do is to be able to, to find out uh, the why things are happening. So um, I, uh, with some of my colleagues here at Over the Top, have invented and manufactured a um, audio cockpit visual device called the Eye in the Sky, up there. And it is a, um, it's called the eye in the sky and we use it in all of our aircraft and what it does is it can change, close occurrences. Someone said that the helicopter was flying too low. We can say, oh, well, actually it can show you that it wasn't. It's got all sorts of built-in IMUs and GPSs and things. It can help engineers if you've got a light that flickers or something that'll close those, get the engineer to fix something immediately. And it, 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 um, Recently in America, uh, there was a tragic accident with Kobe Bryant and in the state of California, I believe they've brought up a rule to say that any aircraft over, um, with over six passengers will require an audio visual device like this. So ours is currently with certification, um, certification team at Civil Aviation. It'll have certification within the next 30 days. and. Um, what we want to be able to do is to be able to produce it in America. Our one in America will sell as a tribute to Kobe Bryant. So um, it's the sort of thing that will solve mysteries. It's keeping us busy while we're not so busy flying, but it is just another initiative of over the top safety. That's great. And speaking of the lockdown period, over this course of these interviews, I've been gathering stories from our friends and partners around the world like yourself, on the ways in which their communities have pulled together to support one another. Now, Queenstown is a rather small community which lives for tourism. And I'd love it if you could share an example of some of the positive stories that you've seen within your own community throughout this time. I think that everyone, our Prime Minister continually went on about being kind and I think everyone was incredibly controlled and kind while they were in lockdown. Personally, I was in lockdown on my own with my Labrador, Honey Boy, and um, we could actually go out with our neighbours for remote uh, social distancing walks. People would drop off um, vegetables to each other. There was, uh, we were an essential service, we had essential service category to run our helicopters. So we could come in and ground run them to keep them all, uh, to keep, keep up with the maintenance requirements. And um, Wayne, you know Wayne, my CFO, he had vineyard, so he kindly knew that I was in lockdown on my own. So he had a special piece of paper given to me in case I was stopped by the police. And I went over to his vineyard and picked grapes. And 
there was like, we were given a row each and everybody was just kind to each other. I think that this whole COVID-19 lockdown and what people have experienced has made people more tolerant and friendly. I don't know how you could make a New Zealander more friendly, but somehow it's happened. It's true. Listen, Shoppy, it's been delightful as always talking with you and I can't wait to be down in Queenstown again and have another flight with you because I just look forward to them with so much joy. Uh, I know Linda says a big hi to you and gives her her love, but I appreciate the time you've spent and the insights and learning about the, the giving back of the trees and the new Kobe box coming out and, and this here to a, a good future and we'll uh, see you soon. Okay, stand by Ian, I'm just getting my team in. All right, thanks guys, it's really good to see you, it really is. And, really appreciate all the help you do and the way you look after our clients. It's just an amazing experience. And it's rated, as I said before, the top experience our clients have when they're in the country. We love taking your clients. We love taking your clients over the top. We love putting smiles on their faces. Um, we're in Queenstown. We will adventure again. And my team and I really love Swain's and your team. And we look forward to taking your clients again over the top. Say okay. go. We, we love Swayze. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right, thanks, guys. <laughs>